0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Osho Podcast, episode 441. We are presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona. They are officially opening with the grand opening happening on October 30th. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona is an inclusive high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather, himself formulated with the perfect combination of boxing, strength, and cardio conditioning intervals designed to make you look good, feel good, and leave you more. Than with just a great sweat. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness in Scottsdale, Arizona, open now. We're also sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, use the promo code believe 50 that's capital B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. Again, betonline.ag. Sign up for that 50% bonus. This is episode 441 of the podcast, another edition of Always Bet on Jack and Zach. Zach, you look ridiculous in your Mark Sanchez jersey. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I don't think anybody owns that jersey anymore. That is old news.
1: It, it is He's old. Played
0: for like three teams. It since is old
1: then. news, but my wife, my Mike White and Zach Wilson jerseys are currently in the mail because you know the supply chain's backed up. But when I get those, do you have a Sam Darnold jersey? What about a Geno no. Smith jersey? because he used USC. What I about don't a Tim Tebow USC? jersey? I did at one point have a Tim Tebow. I had a Tim one. Tebow shirt. He never got the start, so I almost a six, seven, got eight. a
0: Geno Smith jersey, but that's when I turned heel and went to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and you know, I have all of players, those jerseys. Yeah. Believe me. My
1: rule of thumb is I don't is between Matt Lander for the Cardinals and Mark Sanchez and a bunch of other quarterbacks for the Jets. I no longer uh, buy USC quarterback NFL jerseys. I just know USC quarterbacks are going to be a bust, so I don't bother anymore. But anyway, enough about my amazing Jets outfit. Let's get Let, right. Let's into talk about it. your
0: awful take from last week. Okay, year.
1: okay, okay. So Oracle review segment where I go, how much of an oracle I was this week? So, Not at all. This week. Let me finish. So, you take out prop bets. So, the, So prop bets were bad. But I told you that last week. So, ignore my prop bets. Where we're killing the segment. They were abysmal. Until, until I'm back. Not even close. Until I'm back above 70% consistently. We're just removing the prop bets. So remove the prop bets. Um, and then there was the Jets-Colts uh, game, which I did get the over-under for. I did get that correct. And I would have gotten the whole game correct had uh, a defensive uh, lineman not purposely broken Mike White's hand. I believe it was uh, malicious. Uh, Mike White would have won that game. So, But if you take out that, the college football game, my other two picks were actually clean sweep. So we're sitting roughly at about 65%. So pretty decent week, you know, just retiring the prop bets. And, you know, the Jets got screwed over by an injury. So decent, decent week for the Oracle. See, Oracle's on a you comeback. You cannot guarantee that he was going
0: to throw for 400-plus passing no. yards if he were to stay in that game. So it was a they could have easily game. not have scored again. There's no telling whether or not he would have performed well moving do, forward. Do
1: we want to talk about your Cowboys before we go into the picks then? Do we want to talk about your Cowboys? Dude, numb- I've said it before, and
0: I'll say it again. I'm numb to the Cowboys. They could, go, they could have went 15-1 this year, and I still would have said, okay, if they don't get past the divisional round, that's fine. I've been there before. You know, the Dez catch, we were there. Uh, Dak's rookie season, we were there with Aaron Rodgers. Last second throw to finally, it was like a 51-yard field goal attempt that they put up in the final point eighth of a second. Uh-huh. I've been there before, okay? A 30-16 to 16 loss to the Denver Broncos at home does not hurt me one bit. <laughs> We're still six and two. We're still riding high. We're still the number four seed right now if we want to take a look at the NFL playoff picture heading into week 10. Uh, again, the NFC is way, 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 way more powerful way more top than heavy. the uh, AFC. Here we got right now, Arizona Cardinals, the number one seed. Remember the new rules dating back to 2020 in the COVID season. There's now seven seeds per league. So Only
1: one team gets a only the one
0: seed in each conference. So right now. now, it's looking like the Tennessee Titans, who again have lost Derrick Henry for the season. We'll see how Ryan Tannehill deals with the number okay, one seed without so his ba- his basic uh, his, his heavy his heavy artillery. Yeah, if, impressive if, if win against
1: the Rams in LA, but that was the defense. Right, the offense still looked bad. So that is still something to watch out for. Without Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill looks like he's going to struggle. So if it so, I, it'll be interesting. Their schedule is easy, though. I I actually don't predict a lot of movement from where it is right now. If you told me that that was going to be the exact scene at the end of the season, I think I would believe you. And that is my, and that means another prediction I'm going to make based off of what I just said. I think the chiefs will miss the playoffs. I think the Kansas city chiefs will miss the playoffs this year, but Let's wait till it's closer to the, end of the season. Let's wait till there's like two, three weeks left before we start making. We're just some over
0: more, the halfway mark. I mean, ten. We're going into week ten. There's still seven weeks left, mm-hmm. give or take a bye week for eight some weeks. of these teams, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, there's no telling. Like, they could finish twelve and four for all we know.
1: Yeah. So you don't yeah, know that. we're gonna. So we're gonna hold. So hold on to that. So you want me to do my games first, my uh, three of the week, or do you want to do year three? I want
0: to do my first. We'll go back and forth on this, but I want to kick things okay. off with. The Patriots and the Browns, because this past week the Patriots had a big win over the Panthers, I want to give a lot of credit to where credit's due when it comes to Mac Jones. I think he finally uh, uh, proved to Bill Belichick and this Patriots team that he legitimately cares. He he's okay with being yelled at, which with Bill Belichick's offense is a good thing. You know, Tom Brady, that was probably one of his biggest arguments, going from a 20-year-old kid to a 40-year-old who was still being treated the same way. Mac Jones is able to handle that. He uh, proved on Sunday against the Panthers that he cares about his teammates by kind of being a scumbag a little bit with his tackle against uh, Byron Burns. (laughs) What do you think about that? It was kind of like an insigure on his ankle. There's the look right there. After fumbling the football on a vicious sack from Brian Burns, uh, completely like he, I feel like he tried to, again, hurt the guy.
1: So uh, obviously it's, so I have a similar feeling towards, um, in the NBA, Jokic, you know, uh, like hit Markeith Morris, like uh, from behind and, you know, we'll probably get suspended for it. And though I don't agree with it, there is something to be said when you have a reputation for being kind of soft when the rest of your team is going to be tough, but you're supposed to be the leader, like either Jokic is a point guard or Mac Jones is a quarterback. I do think since it's such a great defense, it's such a it's a northeast town, you know, it's a running game, that he needs to have some of the more tough attitude if he wants to keep the locker room. So you, you wish it would be a bit cleaner. You wish he wouldn't be as there, but I think he did gain respect in the locker room. And I'm kind of with you. He, the rest of the team looks like they're kind of firing on all cylinders their passing game isn't great but Mac Jones isn't making mistakes the running games great the defense is great so uh I think yeah so who are you picking but Browns looked great last week after they got rid of obj they looked uh, really good with Nick Chubb back, and uh, they were they were cooking against the Bengals. So, what are, what is your prediction? For yeah, I game? mean, just to put a bow on that,
0: I think Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots, will 100 back Mac Jones. I think Bill Belichick even said, "I thought he he probably thought he had the football. That's why he was trying mm-hmm. to go down on him so hard." But at the same time, when you look back at the replay over and over and over again, you, there's room to say, yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of uh, that was kind of bush league on his part." But who knows, Mac Jones? I think he has the respect now of Bill Belichick. You could I could definitely uh, sense. That Bill smir- or Bill Belichick was on the sidelines with that, you know, Bill Belichick esque smirk. Yes. It's Like scumbag, I like it. I kind of like that mentality, playing dirty a little bit. Uh, dirtiest player in the game, like Ric Flair. Oh my you god. You know. Uh, but the Patriots have the spread by one, just one. Like you oh, said, the Browns look favorites. great. They're the oh, wow. one point favorites. Uh, they have the under at forty five points this week. And the way, again, the way their offense has performed the pa- past few weeks, I wouldn't put it. Uh, Under them to go above 45, especially with the way the Browns offense has played. Uh, I think Odell Beckham Jr. just said that he uh, would prefer to play for the Green Bay Packers. He's he's officially
1: been released now. Yeah, so so, uh,
0: hmm. that's very interesting. But yeah, I I think I'm going to go the over in that game. And I think the Patriots will definitely cover the spread. Uh, I think they win by New Orleans, well more than one. Do you think the Browns
1: cover? Do you think the Browns only lose by one? Because cl- Clearly, you're picking New England to win, but do you think that... I don't think they lose by one. I think New England wins by
0: at a least, healthy amount. Least, okay. I think it'll be a close game. I don't think they win like, by th- at one.
1: At least three or four or yeah. something like that. Okay. I, the
0: Patriots, I, they got off to a rough start. There were a lot of question marks a few weeks ago. A lot of close
1: losses, though.
0: They're, they're, they're starting to come around. I'm All going right. with the Patriots. I'm going over 45 as well.
1: All right. I like that. So uh, my first game is... Uh, I'm, is Jacksonville at the Colts, and uh, Jacksonville is ten and a half dogs. Uh, they were also nearly that last week against the Bills when they upset the Bills nine to six. I don't know if anyone saw that coming. Urban Meyer gets his first win in the U.S. because his the first win of the season was actually a London game, but the first win of the season in the U.S. Urban though that team looks like it's cooking. You know, despite all of his you know personal issues, Urban Meyer looks like he's like got control yeah, of that first win professionally room. and personally. <laughs> yeah, he's got control locker room Colts, they've kind of they they've been just inconsistent to me. They feel like they are a really good roster, but they are kind of like the Vikings. They just really can't close games and so I I'm picking the Colts to win because I believe it is in Indianapolis, but I do think that they don't blow out the Jaguars and the Jaguars cover that 10 and a half point spread and um I'm going with the under at 47 and a half. I don't think either team will muster no. up a significant amount of offense.
0: No, I, I completely agree on that front. Neither offense impresses me that much to take that.
1: You don't, you don't, that like, you don't like Carson Wentz? Uh, I, two don't. Yard I don't. Two-yard left-handed interceptions? <laughs>
0: Carson Wentz, I think, might be the biggest disappointment to come out of the NFC East a number of years uh, ago. Oh Yeah,
1: he, he looked he look so good in 2018. It's just been rough since.
0: No, uh, but my second game? I wanted to go because I think this is probably going to be one of the biggest games of the week. Mm -hmm. Now that Russell Wilson is back,
1: officially they we we have the
0: unvaccinated Aaron Rodgers (laughs) taking (laughs) on the returning Russell Wilson here in Week Ten. The Mm -hmm. Packers and the Seahawks. Uh, The Packers have the the spread by three points. They have the under at forty nine and a half. Uh, This one could be a shootout. The way these offenses are able to perform, Mm -hmm. I don't want to I don't want to give the Seahawks the benefit of the doubt. I thought Geno Smith did a great job. In replacement of Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time the offense really wasn't clicking. It really wasn't there. Yeah. They th- both of those were nail biter games, but Russell Wilson back, Aaron Rodgers, uh, despite any of his political views, is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Period. I mean, you look at the NFC: Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Russell Wilson. I know the Seahawks aren't quite
2: it's in the mix right now.
0: Yeah. Kyler mm-hmm. Murray, the one seed, the Arizona Cardinals. Dak Prescott, and the Dallas Cowboys. It is a stacked. Stacked uh, NFC this year. I mean, the Rams are going to be a wild card team, and they've only lost one game.
1: Yeah, that is crazy to say. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It's 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 looking pretty pretty wild right now. So you you're picking? Are you is the R C X covering or again uh, they get, they lose by more than three? You think?
0: I think they're covering. They're covering I see this one being. Game. I see this coming down to the wire in the final then, uh, minute of the Over under,
1: and you said forty-seven and a half.
0: It's uh the. I'm gonna go under on this one at 49, and a, 49 and a half. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I don't think it's going to break that line. You don't line. think both teams will no. get
1: up average 25? No, okay. I
0: don't think it's going to break that line. It's going to be a cold November day in Green Bay, Wisconsin, yeah, in, too. Yeah, so in Green Bay. I don't see this being an offensive shootout. So Even will be
1: wet there anyway. So, that, yeah, I agree with that one. I like that pick. All right, for my second game, uh, Falcons uh, versus the Cowboys. So, Falcons are nine-point dogs. Uh, last week, they were one of my good bets. Uh, I only picked them to to uh, to cover, so but they but they once so they more than co- than than covered for for me, so they were a great pick last week, and so I'm um, abandoning the Bears because the Bears have failed me multiple occasions, and I'm uh, I'm picking up the Falcons. Uh, like last week, I'm gonna be safe. I'm not gonna like try and double double down on the money. I'm just gonna pick the Falcons to cover that spread. I think the Cowboys still probably win that, but I'm just, just picking the Falcons to cover at least. And then yeah, you
0: can never be too safe these days. I mean, the Cowboys had they had the spread by ten, I think, last week. Yeah, and they Denver, lost. Uh, and it wasn't even close. Yeah, we got kinda, kinda they got kind of. They, they had two um, scores late in the game. Like it was a fourteen. It was with five minutes. Yeah.
1: left. yeah. But uh, I'm picking the uh, over at fifty five in that game. I think that. Dallas's defense—they're known to have shootouts
0: too. Yeah. Atlanta and Dallas when they get together, mm-hmm. when they tangle.
1: Atlanta's—I like Atlanta's offense, and I, I don't want to say Trevon Diggs we got a, was a, was overhyped, but it's definitely clear he was a little bit too fishing for interceptions, and sometimes he'll go for it and miss coverages. You saw the, uh, Teddy Bridgewater attack him a lot last week for that and punish the Cowboys. Deeply for that So I think Matt Ryan Will have A pretty decent game Uh, And so yeah I think Falcons cover And I'm going with the uh, Over
0: I I think that's a safe bet To go with the over In that game Every single time They tangle Whether it be In down south In Georgia Or at the big D In Dallas Texas At um, AT&T Stadium. It, it's always an offensive mm-hmm. heavyweight battle mm-hmm. between these two teams. My last one, though, go back to the NFC East a little bit, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they are the the two-point underdogs against the rejuvenated Denver Broncos. They don't have Von Miller anymore. He's a member of the super team known as the Los <laughs> Angeles Rams in the NFC, mm-hmm. but uh, they were rejuvenated last week. They were up 30-0 in Dallas against a very good Cowboys team. Dak Prescott just Seemed a little behind, you know, like he had a week off after that calf injury, something that's probably more mental than it is physical at this point. Mm-hmm. And he was just a few steps behind, but that's okay. He's going to come back this week. There's going to be a colossal shootout against Atlanta, and it's going to be fine. They're going to have their seventh win. It's going to be fine. I'm going to keep, keep telling myself is it it's going to be fine. fine. Is it? Uh, but the Denver, the two-point favorites at home in Colorado at mile high this weekend, they have the under at 45. I want to take the under at 45. I don't see either of these two teams uh going above 45 points just because philly's offense to me is too inconsistent i mean the denver broncos had one big week in a a heated stadium you know like there was it was a nice nice temperature for them to play at uh denver colorado this time of year they're very capable of blowing it out for sure you might disagree with the
1: safest part but i'm
0: gonna take the safe bet for the under, okay, because and I am a twenty-two-year-old kid and I don't have a lot. of And you're money.
1: picking picking Denver in that game, correct?
0: I am going with Denver in that game because the Philadelphia There's, Eagles are one of the worst teams in the and NFC. And Philly's not
1: covering, you don't think? Philly not even a little bit. Spring. Nope. All right. Okay. No, I do not. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit closer. I think I disagree on, on on Philly covering, but the rest I think are, are all very smart bets. All right, so my, I'm very
0: curious. What was the bet you made in the Jets Patriots Thanksgiving game back in 2012? The Jets Patriots. Do you remember what happened that day?
1: I do. The infamous game was, on Thanksgiving yes, night, 2012. I do, but I was 12. I would hope for our sponsors that like legal and safe betting, betonline.ag, that I wasn't betting at 12 years old. Oh, yeah. I corrected myself. <laughs> betonline.ag, get 50% off. What is that code again, Jack? Uh, capital B-L-E-A-V-50. Yes, For legal age betters, anyway. So my final game. So you don't remember? I'll let everybody the The butt butt fumble fumble game. I got
0: a birthday card from my dad that year saying, "Have a butt fumble 12th birthday, Jack." That's when I knew I had to leave. And I'm wearing the. I'm jumping on the Tony Romo bandwagon. I'm
1: wearing wearing the butt fumble jersey himself too, stitched and everything. All right, what's that? What's that
0: final pick? Hate you.
1: All right. So final one is uh, Saints versus the Titans. Saints are two and a half uh, point dogs in the in that game. And uh, Titans, like I said, I don't think the offense is doing super well uh, right now. Uh, um, but I but obviously the defense is good and the Saints, even though their defense is great, they the offensive lead Trevor now Trevor Simeon. I don't believe it. So I think the Titans not only cover. I don't think it's that close, I think they win by at least three. And so I think the Titans, uh, the Satans don't cover and Titans win. And even though I just said neither offense is really that appealing uh, to me, I think because of like turnovers and points off of that, I actually am going to go. And I think both teams can cause a bunch of turnovers or like short or long punts and like short field positions i'm picking the over at 44 and a half if it was a little bit higher i'd probably go the under because i don't believe in either offense but at 44 and a half i think it's funny how you don't believe is... in their
0: offense now that they're again the mecca of that
1: offense is kane henry the is he's he's kane henry for a reason and so yeah but yeah so that's my uh final pick uh Thoughts on that before we go to college, the college games?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. I would probably go the under at 44 and a no, half. No, that's fair. That I can... Just because no Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to prove that he was a, as big a part of that offense <laughs> as Derrick Henry. and I just don't think he's going to do it. No. Prove me wrong. I'm not that big of an NFL guy, but we'll, mm. we'll find out. Yeah. But I, I would take the under at 44 Yeah, that's probably my least safe
1: of all my bets is the over in that game. But since I think a lot of people would think the under, and that's not a huge over-under commitment, you could get a little bit. You could get a little lucky in that one. But that is probably, I agree, is probably uns most unsafe bet. All right. So uh, second week of the college football uh, rankings came out, and uh, we got some interesting uh, ranked matchups this week. First, uh, even though they're not ranked on the college, they are ranked on the AP, so I'm counting this. Uh, Michigan uh, at Penn State. Uh pick 'em it's a pick 'em game that's that neither team is a God favorite game even though michigan is ranked 6 in the college football playoff and penn state is unranked it is still vegas is still saying pick 'em so they obviously don't agree of that much with the uh, playoff committee and uh, it's a uh, the spread is 48 and a half uh, i'm going to go with the over on the 48 and a half and i think that's a smart decision i think decision, penn state Zach. pulls off the upset at home i think you know Penn State has had some really low lows this season, but when they are clicking, they they do. And I'm just not a Jim Harbaugh believer. And I think that right now the committee is overvaluing Michigan, and I think that Penn State gets the uh, upset uh, at home and crushes Michigan's uh, playoff hopes and dreams. What would you say was the Uh, over-under? 48-and-a-half.
0: 48-and-a-half. I'll go over as well just because it's college football and those are two heavyweight offenses again. And I will – for the first time in a while, that I think that is a bonkers decision on your end, but I'm going to back you on it. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm, I'm feeling a little crazy this week, too. Oh. I didn't think that Michigan State could pull off the upset over the Wolverines I a few you weeks on that ago, one. and you got me on that one. one. So, I've started to gain a little bit of respect for you, Zach, when it comes to making these picks. (laughs) Not quite there We'll see if Mike White comes back when he comes back. Outside of the
1: SEC, I've actually been really good with these college football picks. Maybe I should just do those. I've actually, outside of the SEC, been pretty good with those. No,
0: but as bad as Penn State has been Mm -hmm. recently... They're at home, right? Yes, it is. That that stadium is unbelievably difficult to play in. I don't care who you are. Mm, It could be Michigan. It could be Alabama. It doesn't really matter. It's a tough stadium to play in. So both offenses, I fully expect that one to be a shootout. That that one's going to be a fun game to watch. I might actually play something down on that one. But I'm definitely taking the over.
1: That'll be good. Uh, All right. So next game uh, I, I have a pick on. Uh, Oklahoma uh, versus Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma is five and a half uh, point favorites. I'm expecting Oklahoma to win, but it'd be like every single one of their games because I think they play to their competition. I think the committee is underating them a little bit. Uh, this one, I'll probably put my uh, uh, put my, put a, put a decent amount on. Put more of my money where my mouth is, and um, I think they that Baylor covers, but Oklahoma wins just like they've been doing, even against the bad teams, just a close. Close wins, and uh, I'm going to go with the over in that game. I think it'll be a shootout. That one's a bigger shootout. It's a very, they're Vegas predicting it. Uh, 62, I'm on line Online. is the really? over-under. 62 is the over-under right now, and I'm going to go over. Dude, I don't know.
0: I might have to do a little bit more research on that. The over at 62 It is points? Big 12 football.
1: It is not SEC, you know, all these defensive. It is a Big 12 matchup, and Big 12 is not necessarily this known since since the old Nebraska days have not necessarily been known as a defensive conference. So I, I have enough faith in it. but
0: I'll take the under that week just to see how it matches up mm-hmm. when we come back next week and discuss. But, yeah, I mean, the Oklahoma Sooners, they're,
1: they're riding high. Though. They're riding high. Yeah, they're, they're, the committee's underwriting them, but I think they'll prove the committee wrong this week. All right. The uh, second-to-last ranked match of this weekend, uh, Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. You know, as bad as the Bears have treated me, Texas A&M has treated me very well this season, and Ole Miss has not treated me well. So I'm going Texas A&M as two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm predicting them to not only win, but Ole Miss won't cover. Texas A&M will win by at least three, and I'm going to go. I'm keep going on these overs. I'm going over on 55-and-a-half on that spread. Really? And that That's one I feel pretty spread. confident. I think Texas A&M beat Alabama this year, and I get they have... A bad loss and a the, the, the two-loss team, but Texas A&M is good, and you know it's a it's an in-conference rival rematch. I think Texas A&M will show out.
0: So those are your three college football picks. You got we, one
1: more after this.
0: You got another one. There's you four. four? There's
1: a big college There's four ranked four ranked. What's matches. what's the last one, Gibby? Last one, Uh NC State uh versus Wake Forest. Wake Forest coming. You know, thought they were gonna have an undefeated season. Lost to a four-and-four four North Carolina team at home, letting them score 60 on them. It was just really kind of sad to watch. You kind of kind rooting for Wake Forest, but I think Wake Forest bounces back a little bit, and they're uh, two-point favorites. Uh, I think they win, and I think uh, NC State doesn't cover. And I'm going with the over on 66 and, 66 and a half because they scored. It was over 120, I believe. I think it was 58 to 62. Their game this past. Week it was like well over a hundred in their game against North Carolina. Why don't they even
0: give away scholarships to some of these defensive players? (laughs) Like that's that's ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah, they let a four and four team uh, score I believe over sixty on them last week.
0: Well, it's going to be a fun offensive week in college football. Mm -hmm. Uh, NFL Week Ten we got out of the way, which means it is time for the Michael Sarah Sarah halftime Halftime report. Report. Can't cue the Michael Sarah halftime report graphic. There he is with his cactus slash pickle. I think it's a pickle.
1: A, I can't, I think it's a cactus, but it's, you know, I think either way. Robin, what yeah, is that?
2: It looks like a cactus to me, boys. That's, That's honestly, a cactus I mean, yeah, in the middle of the cactus. desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like he uh,
0: had a long night ahead of him. We have a long Michael Sarah halftime report ahead of us. Where
1: do you want to start, Zach? So uh, I'll start with a little shout out. So uh, on the great, great podcast, uh, Everything Comedy, it's a great podcast where it's different hosts every week where they bring in different Usually two pairs of comedians to talk about like their stories about like in the industry or just you know ad lib jab at each other and you know it's just like a really fun like comedy oriented podcast and uh, earlier this uh, summer he uh, him he was on with Joe Michael Cera was on with Jonah Hill talking about what the uh, experience like is when you're on a foreign press tour for a movie back with Superbad and what it's like experiencing. Uh, uh, your reception to a film overseas, especially when it's dubbed. So I think we have a small excerpt from the Everything Comedy podcast that we like to play that I thought was amusing.
0: I didn't realize that they were in Arrested Development.
1: Michael Cera was, yeah, Michael yeah. Cera was. I mean,
0: that's so cool to see them on one really big movie, the three of those guys together, mm-hmm. being able to still to this day talk about it and come together and...
1: No it's very it's very amusing yeah and like it's just so funny cuz like you know we always talk about like what movies are like you know and press tours are, like, domestically, but hearing overseas, seeing, you know, they market the dub actors, you know, the people, not even the people that you're seeing on screen, and, like, sometimes the voices, like, didn't, like, different. I know we had a, uh, we at least at our end had a hard time hearing it, but Michael Sarah talked about, like, his voice actor was this four-foot-tall, like, dwarf-like man for the Spanish dub, and I thought it was very amusing, and uh, that's all I have for the Michael Sarah Halftime Report, but I believe uh, our uh, birthday girl audio engineer, Robin... Had, uh, had some of the story to share with yeah, us. Yeah, it's this Robin's week.
0: birthday today. We do want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys.
2: Appreciate that.
0: <laughs> I was very low keyed.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm kind of a low key kind of gal.
0: We'll see if Hank can give you a talent cam here for a oh, second. Oh, jeez, no. See if I bet seriously? he
2: can. Ugh. See
0: if one of these cameras moves around a little. Oh, here we go. He's trying to move uh, Zach's talent cam. But uh, oh. you, you've met Michael Sarah on multiple occasions. Just one, actually.
2: I had a friend who uh, worked as a PA. On the uh, banana stand, she was working as oh, a PA, wow. and I went to stay with her for the weekend at Marina Del Rey, where she lived. She said, well, i got to go to work today. Want to come hang out with me? So I got to stand on the sidelines and watch them film at the beach area with the banana stand, which is kind of cool. And um, they took a break, and a lot of times on set, you get to actually hang out with some of the actors and eat A lot of times you don't, because some of these actors have their heads up their ass. But a lot of the actors are pretty cool, and they'll come hang out with you. So in between, we actually sat and talked to him for just a couple of minutes, and then he had to go back and get ready for the next shoot. They were setting up, but, you know, pretty nice guy.
0: Where does he rank among the nicest actors that you've ever met?
2: Um, probably the top 10. Really? Yeah, just because, you know, he was busy. He had a lot going on. He took a quick bite to eat, said hi to everybody, shook a few hands, and that was it. And, you know, I've worked around a lot of famous people. And, um, yeah, I've got a pretty long list of A-holes. But, um, yeah, I've got a pretty good list of Where good guys. Where does Rose rank Oh God. On that list? <laughs> Have you heard my conversations about him before, obviously? but That's um, why I brought him up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Years ago when they played here at Compton Terrace, I was supposed to do a live interview on the radio, and he came out of the green room pretty high and uh, pulled the needle out of his arm and offered me some, and I'm like, dude... Cut the interview. We're not doing this. <laughs> Rock and roll. Yeah, Michael Sarah. What a kind soul. What nice. a kind soul. He's cute in person too. He's kind of like you, Zach. He's got, he's that cute little guy kind of feel to him. You know. Thank
1: you so much, Robin. Thank you for complimenting. I, th- I threw you Michael a bone Cera. today, dude. I appreciate it. Happy birthday once again to our au- lovely audio engineer, Robin Cote. Thanks, guys. Uh, I think that is it for our Michael, Michael Sarah, Sarah halftime, half-time
0: report. Cue out the Michael Sarah halftime report graphic, Hank, and so we will uh, get into our final leg yes. here on Always Bet on Jack and Zach, presented by BetOnline.ag. Sign up for that fifty percent bonus using the promo code Capital B L E A V fifty. What's the haps now?
1: So we are. Uh have a couple things left to talk about. Uh, first thing, we talked about earlier about halfway through the season. So NFL Honors is the big you know, yeah. award show at the end of the year. We go over like you know all the different awards for the NFL season. Tom
0: Brady gets his 12th MVP
1: award. So, what? Hold on. So speaking of which, I thought today it would be fun if we, for the four, I think, four biggest awards at the NFL Honors, we'd have made our early midseason predictions for who is going to win the four major awards. So... Uh, let's start first with um, MVP, and I will let you go first with each of these. Who, At this midway point in the season, what is your prediction for NFL Honors MVP? Yeah, Those I joke
0: and say that like Tom Brady had it wrapped up, and I'd say that three, four weeks ago that he had it wrapped up. But mm-hmm. the NFC in general, like I'm going to put AFC aside <laughs> this year because like, nobody's really going to match up. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, I don't think Dak Prescott's going to quite make, a run for it like mm-hmm. maybe some Cowboys fans hoped he would. But it's going to be very – I think it's going to come down to a quarterback. I think mm-hmm. Derrick Henry could have made a run for it hurt, if he didn't I think get hurt. You, mm-hmm. uh, I, think, I think it's going to come down to one of those three, Kyler, Tom, or Aaron. And it's going to it, it's going to come down to whoever I think has okay. give a deeper playoff run.
1: One, one. Give me one, at least for now. At least I'm going
0: to go Tom Brady. Them. I've always loved the, the Brady bandwagon. It was always the dynasty bandwagon, but now it's it's obvious who the guy in charge was. Of that dynasty and it's Tom Brady
1: well uh, I hate to say it because I am not a Tom Brady fan but I agree with you uh, I think Kyler is a close second but I think Tom Brady's second half of the season schedule is easier the Tampa Bay strength of the schedule is a little bit easier so he'll be able to rack up some more numbers I think he'll stay healthier than Kyler is Kyler's already missed One game, I think Kyler will be a little bit rough getting back. Not quite, maybe not, maybe not like Dak, but he'll probably have a couple of rough games when he does get back in the starting lineup. So I think that Tom Brady, if I had to predict right now, halfway through the season, would be the MVP.
0: Do you think if Aaron Rodgers went on, just he just ran the table at this point, they'd give it to him despite him not being vaccinated? Yeah, all that BS.
1: Yeah, I, obviously, he pissed off the media because a lot of the league isn't upset with him because even though there's some stuff coming out, about whether or not he was following protocol in the locker room, that at least the t the team and like the team knew and the NFL knew, but the media didn't. So. I think it will be hard, not because I don't think that he's having a season that could be worthy, but like when he was, you know, at least from the media's perspective, not to get into political or anything, but you know, from the media's perspective, they lied to him. He wore masks in press conferences without being vaccinated. I think you might have some of that bias. I do think he has a chance, though. I do think that he still is a bit of a media darling outside of this one issue. So I don't think it's impossible if he has a great second half of the season to. Went back to back MVP. It'll be an uphill battle, but I don't think it's impossible.
0: Who do you got for offensive rookie of the year?
1: Offensive rookie of the year <sighs> is, is Jamar Chase a rookie? I yeah. believe. Yeah. Uh, probably Jamar Chase. I was gonna because I was gonna go over rookie of the year next, and uh, I think he's just flat out rookie of the year. Is Jamar Chase? I think Jamar Chase has been absolutely fantastic. Obviously, like. The offensive line hasn't been great, and Joe Burrow's been a little pick heavy these past two weeks for Cincinnati, and they've come down to earth a little bit, but I still think jamar Chase as a receiver is just good is just playing absolutely phenomenal, so whether it be offensive I just think he's going to win flat out rookie of the year
0: I agree with you i think i I honestly don't even think it's that close really there's a few other there's a few other contenders that you could argue, but mm-hmm. there's a pretty fine line to where. He kind of stands out. Yeah, a little bit.
1: I think he's definitely at least one echelon above. So, next one I have that I want to ask you about. Uh, this one I think is the hardest one to earn. We think MVP has actually just become more of a best quarterback award for the most part. But this one, you know, every position has uh, on that side of the ball competes for it. Defensive player of the year. What is your prediction defensive right now for player defensive player
0: of the year? I got mine, but I want you to go first. I, there's just so many. Like, I honestly can't think of one off the top of my head that stands out. Who is yours?
1: Miles Garrett for the really? Browns. I think really? I think Miles Garrett. Um, I know so, Aaron, I think Aaron Donald is number 2 in the in the maybe maybe number 1 even in the betting odds. I it's been a while since I've checked, but I think Miles Garrett has just tormented uh like opposing lines and opposing quarterbacks this year and I I think mean, he's great. This is the war. This is the award where, at the midway point of the season, I feel the least confident about who is going to win it. Of all the awards at NFL Honors, I feel like defensive player is most up in the air. But I think Miles Garrett has to be the front runner. The only thing
0: I'd point. argue about Miles Garrett is that the Browns might not make the playoffs.
1: That is going to be that. It will be hard to. That I will. Let's that, say they're tied right now. They. They don't. They could easily make a second half run, but you're right. That probably would hurt his chance of the Defensive Player of the Year if he if the Browns don't make the playoffs, especially with the expanded playoffs now. So, what is that? You uh, you going with Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett Aaron would Donald, be at the
0: top. Jim uh, Ramsey. Aaron Donald just because the Rams are like right there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they have Von Miller now, which is scary to think. Aaron about. Donald's number's
1: going to go up because they're going to you're not going to be able to double Aaron Donald all the time. On the line, you're gonna have to assign someone to Von Miller, and so that's gonna be the Aaron Donald because of the Von Miller. His numbers, I just think might he's better up. positioned
0: for it because he's in a playoff contending. Yeah, team.
1: they might even you know, end up being either the ones it's kind of like
0: Mike Trout winning the AL MVP every year in Major League Baseball, but the Angels have only made the playoffs once in his 13 year career at this mm-hmm. point. Like, it, I, I don't agree, like maybe one or two. Yeah, like he's by far the best player in baseball. But he shouldn't have gotten as many MVP awards because his team...
1: No, yeah, team success needs to be a part of a lot of these awards. Yeah, so that's the only
0: reason I'd give it to Donald over uh, Miles Garrett.
1: All right, so final award of the NFL honors I want to talk about is Coach of the Year. This is going to sound like heresy, but I am actually, even though he's currently the odds-on favorite, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury would be my uh, Coach of the Year. He'd be my number two, but as someone who's watched a lot of Cardinals games closely, there's some decisions that I don't necessarily agree with I don't think and I think a lot of it is the roster in the front office uh, that's leading to the Cardinals success my coach of the year right now is Mike Vrabel I think what he's done with that Tennessee offense that that horrible secondary you know losing Derrick Henry you know the not amazing offensive line and the fact that he has them as the number one seed in the AFC and you know six and oh against last year's playoff team hasn't lost to a playoff team from last year I I think Mike Variable currently has to be the front runner for Coach of the Year. See, I, I'm not going to give it to
0: Kingsbury either, just because literally we had a guy on the show back in May saying like he's probably going to be out yeah, halfway through the season. Like that's my prediction, mm-hmm. right? And now they sit at eight and one. And I just think that's nobody... more the
1: roster than him.
0: One hundred percent. I do, as a Cowboy fan, I do think Mike McCarthy's in that mix.
1: Oh my, I don't know, after last week, I don't know. After last New season, game? after
0: last season in his first year with the Cowboys, putting up the numbers that he did, and uh, come back insanely strong this year, you got to give him credit for that, especially coaching a young Cooper Rush in Week 7, who has no business beating the Minnesota clock, Vikings His clock that week. management is um, going to no hurt against by the way. him.
1: No, I, I agree, some of that stuff. The clock management, which he struggled with even when he was at Green Bay, is going to hurt him, but assuming... If the Cowboys end up a top-two seed in the NFC, I could see it. I think that you can't finish, even if they only have three or four losses, I don't think you can finish the four seed and and win Coach of the Year. What about John Harbaugh? You know, if you would have asked me that, like, two weeks ago, I would have said absolutely, but between that Cincy loss and, like, almost losing to the – was it the – Vikings this week, Lamar has to come back again. I mean, they've been down four times go, going into the fourth quarter of this season, which proves he's good at scheming back comebacks with Lamar, but he, he's up there. He's in the, he's in the top five, but I, he, the, again, still early. There's so many weeks to go, but the past couple weeks were a little disconcerting for me.
0: Another guy you got to throw in the mix is Matt Lafleur. I, I know you have one of the greatest no, quarterbacks no, of all I, time, but I, that is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time that didn't want to play for your team when the season started. And
1: yeah, and he's and you've done that even with a not great, not looking great um, Jordan Love. You only lose to Kansas City by six. You go into Arizona and defeat the last remaining undefeated team without your defensive coordinator and eleven starters. So I, Matt Lafleur, he might be my at number two. That's a really good one. I like that one.
0: I, I'm gonna go with him for my number one no right one? now, just right. because again he's dealing with a very successful and very talented quarterback that isn't necessarily always siding with you yeah, and cooperative, mm-hmm. especially now on and off the field, right? Yeah, so,
1: absolutely, no. So that, yeah, I give that, him the
0: benefit of the doubt there.
1: So that's our that's the our coverage for our mid mid season predictions on NFL honors. Um, awards and uh, what's next on your list? So, uh, college basketball officially started uh, yesterday. So, this is the I believe first full day of the season since it started last night. And so, uh, I want to do uh, you know, we talked about mid season, let's talk about way too early predictions uh, just for fun. Any predictions, any, any other fun predictions if you want, but I'm going to predict the Final Four way, way in advance. Dude, that you know? is way
0: too ballsy of
1: you. You know what? It's fun. You have way too it's much not, confidence. No, it's not confidence. It's just fun.
0: FGCU could be in the Final Four for all we That's know. That's what I'm saying. So Howard could be in the Final Four for all we know. So my... Carlo uh, could be in the Final Four for all we know.
1: So my Final Four prediction right now is the first two teams are teams that are historically very great, but... Due to the COVID and other circumstances last year, neither made the tournament, and they both, you know, had their I think they both have big bounce back years. I think Duke and Kentucky both make the Final Four this year, I think. And then I think, you know, even though they're not doing great, they're you know, they're not the top of their game in college football right now. I think the Big Ten and the Pac, uh, the Big Big Ten and the Pac twelve both have a representative, and I think Michigan and UCLA fill in those those spots. Really? I think and I think neither of the none of the i believe none of those teams were in the final four no ucla was i believe either i can't remember if they were lead eight or final four but yeah ucla was final four i think ucla is the only uh returning final four team uh this this year the tournament because of the tournament so crazy and and other things but i think those are probably my predictions i don't think um uh scott uh yeah scott drew or the baylor bears or gonzaga i don't think they either of them make it back to the championship let alone the uh Final Four, so yeah, that's my way too early. Probably going to be completely wrong. What do you think
0: about the Texas tradition? Longhorns?
1: They're they did five, get the number one five. transfer, right? Yeah, they're number five in the preseason uh, AP poll right now. So, I, I would not be surprised. I could see them beating out either Michigan or UCLA for that for that spot. What they, Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramsey, the the
0: veterans on that
1: roster? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a really good roster. I I'm I'm curious because I don't know if the Texas has had this much talent on their roster in a long time. I'm curious what the, what the coaching staff and like the athletic director will do with that, but I would not be surprised if they do it. I'm, I'm still going to stick to my four, but I think they're like a uh, pre-ap preseason number five for a reason. So yeah. So I what is your final four? That. Duke, Kentucky, Michigan, UCLA.
0: That is a very safe final four. That is an extremely safe final four and you just know Duke, that's not Duke how it's going to end up.
1: Duke and Kentucky didn't even make the tournament last year. I'm
0: going oh. Gonzaga. Okay. Texas, Kentucky, Purdue.
1: Oh, that Purdue. I like the Purdue
0: one. I'm stepping out on a ledge here by saying Purdue. But right. again, like you have to step out of your comfort zone when, you're, when will, you're filling out those brackets. Right, I will
1: bring confetti and those like little like confetti poppers if Purdue makes it. We'll we'll, we'll have that on video if Purdue makes it. I will bring in confetti Freudian poppers. Williams leading that offensive charge. But you're Gone.
2: cleaning up the mess, Zach. Not I will, me. That's
1: fair. No, that's that. No, okay. I take responsibility Good. for it. I'm no, I'm no slob. But uh, yeah, so
0: you're just an idiot. <laughs>
1: anyway so that's our way too early uh, final four um, 2020 final four college basketball predictions in New Orleans this year that'll be a fun venue for the for there might even might even go attend that would be a really fun venue for uh, the final four and uh I think. That's about it. Yeah, I think the only lesson is you wanted to go over a little bit of recap of this uh, past UFC event to wrap us up. Yeah, UFC 268 at
0: MSG this weekend. We were uh, pretty excited for this event. Our guy Justin Gaethje pulls off the big win, which I thought was the fight of the night, yes. against Michael Chandler. They go the distance all five rounds. He wins by uh, split decision. And then, of course, Kamaru Uzman, as predicted, as advertised, takes care of business against Colby Covington, who admitted after the fight to Kamara Uzman. He's like, the trash talk was to promote the fight for both of us. We're both trying to cash in here, and which they did. Two prized fighters at the top of their game, the prime of their careers, but I think that went as advertised. The only fight I thought that could have gone either way that I kind of had a a dog in the fight was Gaethje versus Chandler, and Mm -hmm. that one ended up the way that I wanted it to, and it was a great fight overall.
1: Speaking of of that big um, title card match, what did you think about... um... Dana's comment saying that he might be the greatest welterweight of all time. Not just the greatest welterweight of all time, might be just like one of the great, like on his way to goat status. That was a pretty, pretty high praise from Dana.
0: Dana White says a lot of stuff to the press, mm. and there's a lot of fighters that can attest to the fact that Dana says one thing to you personally and another thing to the press. Okay. He constantly, he said that multiple times with multiple fighters at different different uh, weight classes. Mm. I do think Kamaru Usman is the best welterweight of all time, though. Mm. I do agree with that fact. I, I just think he says that way too much. Yeah, that's fair. He's got an insane talent pool. Oh. Ultimate Fighting Championship. It's unmatched. It's unbelievable. That's why he's yeah. as successful as he is. But he he says that a lot. You know, mm. there, there's going to be someone that comes along the way. John Jones being trained to fight in his first ever heavyweight fight. I yes. think John Jones might be the most talented fighter ever in That's any weird. weight class, mm-hmm. despite his off uh, his off site issues with drugs and performance enhancers. But
1: no, he was still just so like there was there were fights where he would win convincingly, and you'd find out later that he only started training like two months before the fight. Like, he would, like, he would take so many of these, like, you kind of want, almost wonder you have, like, some of these smaller fighters' work ethic and some of these big heavyweights, just, like, what even could have been, even knowing how great they already were. And it's, right. You know. I
0: mean, Brock Lesnar, a freakish athlete. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Great heavyweight fighter. Probably someone you would never
0: want to step foot in the no, octagon with. No, I wouldn't call him the greatest heavyweight of all time. No. Not even close. He,
1: he, he To me, he's kind of, like... The, the Shaq argument. Like, he probably had the greatest prime because I don't think Shaq's the greatest basketball player of all time. But those three years that, like, those in those early 2000s, no one, no one has ever been as dominant as Shaq was in time. That's kind of how I feel about Brock Lesnar. When he was in, no one has ever done it better. But I think, I think, you know, to be fair, you have to prove that you can do it for a longer period of time. And Neither Shaq nor Brock, in my opinion. I mean, it's impressive.
0: Mm -hmm. He came back after six years off under a WWE contract. Dana White and Vince McMahon make a deal for him to fight at UFC 200, and he just slaughters Mark Hunt.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Absolute Freakish athlete. Absolutely. But I'm looking forward to future UFC uh, fights. McGregor's going to come back at some point and fight Poirier for a fourth time. You convinced? Dana White said it's going to happen. I mean, it depends where Poirier is at in his next lightweight fight. Obviously, he's fighting for the title next.
1: But if if Poirier wins the title belt, you can't. Connor's not the number one contender. You can't give it. Connor will have to like work his way up. It depends. To one I, I guess Justin
0: Gaethje would be ranked number one after his win over Chandler, so he'd be next in line. It'll be interesting to see where Dustin mm. Poirier is at. You can't. Do you, think, you don't
1: know where he's going to be. Do think Poirier could be Oliveira? Because Oliveira is yes. the currently one. With the yes. Belt. Oh,
0: I wow. am a huge Justin Poirier fan. After diamond. That fight diamond. The yeah. diamond. I am on the diamond bandwagon for sure. All
1: right. I, I got the sauce. You got. I the got the sauce. sauce. Uh, well, I think that was a great show. I think there's uh, a. Do you want to wrap it up? Cover? You want me to wrap it up? <gasps> <gasps> oh, awesome. That okay, I know. I'm looking at the right camera. What number? What number episode was this? It was uh, episode 441 of the podcast? <laughs> presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness, the, the, and, and uh, Bet Online. just do it. Okay, I'm not even okay.
0: Episode 441, presented by BetOnline.ag. Sign up for your 50 percent bonus using the promo code CAPITAL BLEAV50. Kill the lights, Hank.